Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. And today we're going to talk about economic development. With me in the studio is co-host Will Murphy, who's sitting in for Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we have one guest today, Ron Walker, who's president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Ron, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me today. Sure. Glad to have you here. And uh, Will, thanks for sitting in for Mary Catherine, who's off on spring break somewhere. She's in California. Yeah. Well, we'll have uh, lots to talk about today with economic development. Ron, you're fairly new in the position. When did you actually start for the BEDC? Just over two months ago, January 8th, January actually. 8th. And before that, you were with the city of Bloomington doing economic development things. I so was. How, are, how, how do the jobs differ? You know, it's interesting. Economic development is a, a field of, um, of of a little bit of ambiguity, but also um, degrees of specialization. And in, as president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation, uh, the, the BEDC, it's an organization that looks countywide, uh, works with regional counties, works with state associations. And the role is a little different. Um, the BEDC is concerned with the long-term competitiveness of our economy, our regional economy. And that often means working on issues that um, they can re- they can be the liaison with a business um, between city and county government, but usually with the state of Indiana because the city and county both have very competent people that are, that are active. Uh, it can mean looking at long-term issues uh, like where will businesses be? be able to grow in the next 10, 15, 20 years in Monroe County. It can look at long-term workforce issues. What do we need to put in place to make sure that growing businesses can access the skilled workforce that they need to access? So it's a little different in that regard. It's it's a little broader sometimes, um, and a little more comprehensive. It's also a little different geographic scope. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let me give you another broad question, I guess, to start off. What's your vision for economic development in, you know, this Bloomington, Monroe County area? Well, you know, I think think we're doing well, and I think Bloomington and Monroe County are going to continue to do well. Uh, We have so many great people in leadership positions in this community. We have such a a strong engine in Indiana University and and so many great progressive businesses. Um, You know, I my vision really will be spelled out more clearly as we finish a strategic plan for the BDC, which we started two weeks ago. Um, and it's kind of revisiting what's the mission of our organization, what are the, the key strategic opportunities for us so that we can be the most effective organization we can for this community. I think that Bloomington and Monroe County, uh, we do very well when we – when we can get a business into this community um, and see what we have to offer here. And the kind of businesses we tend to have great success with are the life science firms because we have such a strong niche here and uh, a good workforce for that. We're having great success with information technology firms, whether they're coming out of Indiana University or Ivy Tech or related to the Crane Navy base, the Navy and Army base. Um, so we're growing that cluster there. And I think we do well because we have the kind of community and the kind of economy that the entrepreneurs in these firms are attracted to. Mm-hmm. They want to be here. They, we have that kind of vitality and culture and a lot of choices for things to do in great neighborhoods. And that's where I think Bloomington and Monroe County can shine relative to the rest of, of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Well, we have an email here. This person writes, does BEDC believe, like economist Richard Florida, that marketing a region involves making that region a place where talented people from varied backgrounds want to live and are able to pursue the kind of life they desire? Does it believe that non-discrimination attracts talented people, supports diversity, and creates low-entry barriers to human capital? There's more. If so, what is BEDC prepared to do to programmatically – to do programmatically – with respect to racial and ethnic minorities, transgender people, and gay people? And what is it prepared to do publicly to oppose discriminatory legislation such as Senate Joint Resolution 7, the Discriminatory Marriage Amendment? 
You know, I'll try to answer that question and give it the, the answer it deserves. Some of those things I, I don't think will be the role of, of our organization. Um, we focus on our regional economy and how we can improve and enhance that. And the goal there is that economic development done in that way will, will enhance the quality of life for our community. Um, in reference to Richard, Florida, clearly we uh, – I support that. And um, to give you an example, just a week ago, we worked with Indiana University and the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau uh, as well as Cook Incorporated and Cook Pharmaca to place a, an ad in Northwest Airlines World Traveler magazine. And we did that because they're doing a 32-page insert on Indianapolis uh, in May. And they're going to be featuring a little bit of the region. And we know that what can be attractive about Bloomington and Monroe County is not just the great business community we have here, but the arts and culture we have here, the recreation. Uh, all those types of things that are some of what Richard Florida talks about. That, that is a great strength of ours. And I think as an organization, we want to make sure we're promoting that to, to the private sector, uh, to the retirement community. Uh, and to others to say, here's what's in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, this is why it's a great place to live, why it's a great place to run your business. Um, so, you know, when I believe, in, I believe in that. When it comes to hiring discrimination um, and issues like that, that's not necessarily our role. Um, I certainly would want uh, to have a workforce that is skilled and qualified and would I want that workforce here, whoever they may be. If I could just follow up. Um, the claim has been made and clearly it struck a chord with the Bloomington faculty who after the Senate passed uh, Senate Joint Resolution 7, uh, faculty council here on the Bloomington campus reiterated their support for uh, uh, domestic partner benefits. And I think that's part of what this question references. That is to say, is it a handicap for your organization if the state becomes a place where uh, there is a constitutional amendment prohibiting same-sex marriage and possibly threatening uh, uh, domestic partner benefits? I don't know. Um, I don't have data to back that up that, that I have access to right now. Um, you know, clearly we're a, we're a community with, with a, a diverse culture and I think that's part of why we're such a great place to live and work and so I wouldn't want to see any legislation that would impede um, a, a diverse uh, culture like we have from being able to find employment in Bloomington. All right. Okay. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. Um, I don't want to get away from that question totally before saying I, the BEDC, in my memory, doesn't generally make uh, – like have a press conference and say we're going to support this legislation or that legislation, not as much as the chamber might. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I can't speak for the chamber, but they are clearly an advocacy organization. We we are not that type of advocacy organization. We, we can play a role when we're assisting a business. Um, we work very well with our local um, government bodies as well as the state. And there are times where we will voice – an opinion on a piece of legislation related to economic development, for instance, the 21st Century Fund or um, some sort of guidelines that may come out of the state's economic development office and our policy or, or Indiana law. And we, we, may, we may send a letter or try to speak to our representatives about that. Um, but uh, we're not – you know, typically we play a, a little more of a subtle role when it comes to advocacy because we're really trying to work on the big picture. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned Crane a few minutes ago and, and as I understand it, you were in Washington on a trip That's talk, right. talking with, yeah. with some of our uh, representatives, I assume, about Crane. Can you talk about that trip? Sure. Um, the Growing Crane Committee is what it's called, chaired by Lee Marchant. And this is a group that um, through the last BRAC round, um, BRAC base realignment and closure round, worked actively to try to keep crane on the uh, agenda uh, of our legislative leaders in, in Washington, D.C. And, and we worked closely with the state of Indiana, Monroe County, city of Bloomington. Everybody was really involved. And our effort is really to, to make sure that we are explaining to everyone as, as much as we can the value of, of, of crane um, as a military value. 
um, but also as a as an economic development value for for our community. It's a major employment center. Um, in addition to the jobs there, it's they have great relationships with many many local. Um, Indiana businesses. Matter of fact, we have a few companies in the downtown certified technology park that work directly with Crane. Indiana University at the Cyclotron works directly with Crane. So once the BRAC round uh, passed and Crane um, came out fairly unscathed, and, and you know a lot of that credit I think goes to um, the growing Crane committee and the state of Indiana. Um, we began to look at long term what can we do to make sure that Crane is positioned well for a future BRAC round. And so this committee, which included about 14, 15 people that went to D.C. um, uh, from the city and county, from our organization and local business leaders, were there really to meet with our representatives and meet with our senators and their staff um, and talk about what's happening there and what the potential opportunities are for Crane in the future, whether it be alternative fuels, um, a training center for disabled veterans, all of these kind of things. We, we didn't have our handout asking for any funding. It was really just let's talk to you about what we're, what we're working on and what we see as the possibility. And we get tremendous reception and, and support from our leaders on that. So I think, I think it was a successful trip. Mm-hmm. Eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight and noon at indiana.edu. Our guest today is Ron Walker, the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corp- Development Corporation. Um, before we we leave that crane trip, sure. um, crane is one of those things that in in Bloomington, Monroe County, you know, when the bracks come up. And we've had what? We've been through two of them at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes – it sort of gets into the news, becomes in people's consciousness. Uh, but the rest of the time, it seems like, and except for people in your line of work, you know, the economic development people and people that have a direct relationship with Crane, um, it's not as uh, sort of readily apparent to people how much impact it really does have on our community. So uh, statistically, uh, can you talk about you know, roughly how many people work there, the economic impact it has? Yeah, without the numbers, I, I'm, I risk butchering them, but I can give you some, some <laughs> ballpark. We, we won't hold you to this. Um, there are well over five thousand people working at at Crane, um, and of course, they pull from multiple counties. Uh, I believe that our our research has shown that most of the higher wage employees uh, live in Monroe County, and what the number we use often is that there are about eight to nine hundred engineers that are employed there. And so you can imagine if the base were to close down, the impact that that would have, the the value, um, the skill that they have, the income that they bring to the community, um, that would be significant. And the, you're right. The danger really is that after a BRAC round, you kind of you kind of put crane on a shelf and say, hey, they're safe for a few more years. That's not really the case. Uh, the Navy has the ability to move um, components of the base off base into another site, and it would be it could be done in uh, at a level that falls below the BRAC radar, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, our goal is is really to to fortify and strengthen Crane, uh, make it as competitive as we can, and so we work closely with Crane officials um, to understand what what they're doing. We work closely with elected officials so that they can help help communicate that Crane. I think Brack made it clear that Crane can can stay or go based on its military value, uh, but making sure that that military value is adequately communicated to the people that make decisions is 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 our role. Okay. All right. Well, there are a lot of different ways that this conversation could go. Absolutely. I mean, economic development is a pretty big basket that covers uh, a lot of different topics. Sure. Um, one thing we might talk about is you think about the different tools in your in your toolbox there as it were uh, in bloomington you 've got a university you 've got the tech park sure. uh, you 've got an active chamber you 've got the bedc uh, What kind of things do we not have that we need to put in place uh, to get us where you 'd like us to be you know there are there are things that um, we could explore but may not be available under current Indiana state law, and that could be um, local sales tax credits, um, local types of income tax credits, um, things of that nature that um, with greater home rule, 
uh, city and county might be able to utilize those tools. We definitely have a limited basket of things. Um, you know, you hear a lot about tax abatement. Um, we also have districts within which government can collect certain revenues based upon increased property valuations, and then they can use those revenues to invest in public infrastructure. That public infrastructure will hopefully lead to greater investment from the private sector. So you, we have a lot of those traditional types of tools. Some of those, uh, they're, they're, they're really good tools. They don't always have a direct benefit on, on the business as an inducement to getting them to stay here or to move here. So really, I think greater flexibility with, um, with uh, local taxes, the ability for credits, and the ability to generate revenues that can be used to help a business um, very directly is, is where – that's where we, need, where we need to look. And you're right. You know, we've got so many things here. Um, we've got a, a very engaged elected official, um, uh, you know, both at, elected officials both at the city and county. We have a very engaged Indiana University, a gem in Ivy Tech Community College. There are, they're incredible at, uh, as the trainer and provider of, of, of uh, different types of training for a number of our employers in the region. So we've got a lot of those great tools. And I think that's, you know, we, don't, we often don't give that enough credit because um, that is where I think we can we excel. Um, incentives and credits, um, that's not what economic development's built upon. It's what you use when you need to use them to make a deal happen or to make a deal better. Um, so the, what, I, what I desire um, is just as much flexibility as we can to use those tools. All right. We have a phone call. We have Jan on line one. Jan? Hello? Hi, Jan. Go ahead. Hi. I'm having trouble uh, staying on line with you. I keep getting dropped. I'm in the car. Um, uh, I think in, in terms of – hello? Yes, go ahead. Uh, commenting on what was said before about uh, not taking a public stance about discrimination in the community uh, or in the region or in the nation um, in the world. At every opportunity, I think we should take that stance. And if we don't, we are losing sight of the big picture. Okay. All right. Uh, that's, that's my comment. Okay, Jan. Thank you. Thanks for the comment. Ron, you want to respond? And- well, you know, I'm not taking a position either way. I don't know the details of the legislation they're talking about. Um, but I'm cognizant of the fact that the, the, the workload for the BDC, when you, when you look at economic development, is vast. And so we have to focus on in what ways can we be most effective at helping our community and helping our businesses. And uh, there may be other, other avenues of, that lobbying for this type of legislation could be more effective lobbying for or against – um, but I, you know, I was clear in that I want our workforce to be as competitive as possible, and I wouldn't want to see any legislation that would impede upon that. Mm-hmm. All right, eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. And noon at indiana.edu. Ron Walker, president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation, is our guest today. I have a couple of uh, questions I want to. Have to decide which direction to go. Let's go this. <laughs> let's go this direction. You're talking about you know becoming more competitive, and mm-hmm. and you mentioned the life sciences <clears throat> earlier. Um, who is our competition? Our main competition when life sciences companies make a contact with you, or you make a contact with them. What parts of the country are we sort of on level playing field with? You know. Uh, it's interesting because um, the competition is is everywhere in one sense that a lot of communities have grabbed on to the life sciences um, uh, growth potential. And I, th- I think it, it's accurate to say that the economy in the next 100 years will be largely about biology, um, largely about technology and, and, and about knowledge. And so when you, when you know that, you begin to assess what tools do we have, how, how can we position ourselves to be the choice um, for these types of growing companies. And we have to look at ourselves as a region, not just as Monroe County. And so that's why we work closely with um, state associations and with the Indianapolis region because when you look at central Indiana as, uh, as a life science hub, 
And it goes beyond central Indiana. You can go up to Warsaw, Indiana with Zimmer and Biomed and others um, that are in, in, in orthopedics and other medical devices. Um, you begin to see the strength of the region. And that that's where we, we're doing very well, a matter of fact. I think we are, we're clearly not um, at the top, um, but we are, we are far, far from the bottom. I think we're in the upper echelons of communities with, with this type of potential. But you look at, um, you look at Boston, um, you look at the West Coast, San Diego and others, that, that they're ahead of us, quite frankly. And um, we have actually worked hard to, to make connections with companies in both of those areas. As a matter of fact, we have a new life science, not, I don't know how new they are, they're relatively new, um, a life science company that has chosen Bloomington and they've had past experiences in Boston, but they want to be here. Um, and it's those little victories like like that that start placing us better and better, and we we become more competitive. Um, but you know, everyone is uh, everyone's shooting for the life sciences, really. And um, so we have to be careful not to put all of our our eggs in that basket because it's not the only place you're going to see growth. Right. But I think you know, around here, when you start with Cook, Baxter. Um, Boston Scientific, although I don't know what's happening with them now. We had some news on that this week. Um, And then Lilly and Indianapolis and what happens at IU and what happens at Purdue. And I'm sure I'm leaving several companies out. Um, It it seems as if we do have a a big advantage over a lot of places just, you know, when we start. I I think we do. Um, The Bloomington Life Sciences Partnership, which is an initiative of the BEDC, has been very successful in getting – Bloomington and Monroe County at the table with a lot of industry leaders, a lot of um, site selection and government leaders, and they now realize what we have here. We have a very strong base of life science firms, and that means we have many, many employees who are skilled in these areas, and that and that positions us very well for future growth, whether it be attracting a new company or continuing this, the, the growth of what we have. Mm-hmm. All right. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. We're uh, about at halftime, so I think we'll take a break now, let everybody run to their phones and uh, start start phoning in. We're talking with Ron Walker, president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. Speak Your Mind is WFIU's equivalent to a letter to the editor. This two-minute commentary allows persons from our community to present thoughts about current global or local issues. To submit your idea for an upcoming Speak Your Mind or for a set of guidelines, you may call us at 812-855-1357 or visit our website at wfiu.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, and I'm here with Will Murphy today because Mary Catherine is is away and, and Ron Walker is our guest. He's the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Now, Will, before I turn it over to you, mm-hmm. I want to ask Ron about just some basic background because some people may not know, you know about funding if you're a private private organization, a public organization, quasi-public or what. So sort of explain how the BEDC has come to be okay. the organization. I'll do my best. Okay, thank you. Um, the BEDC began, um, kind of spun out of the Chamber of Commerce in the early 80s and I think was officially incorporated in 1983. It's a not-for-profit corporation. We we are referred to as a public-private partnership, and, and we're not unique in this sense. There are organizations like this all over the state, all over the country, some of them countywide, some of them multi-county. 
public-private in the sense that we have private members that contribute funding to the organization, and we have public entities that contribute funding to the organization. The, the purpose of this really is that when the business community and the public community come together in this type of format, and we're a forum in many ways for the private sector and the public sector to work on economic development issues, when they come together in this way, we can accomplish things and, and, and work on projects and initiatives and, and be more effective than if either were to try to do those things on their own. Um, so you look at marketing and promotion of, of our economy, um, visiting with um, site selection consultants, talking with potential prospects. These are things that the business community values because individuals live here and work here and they want to see the community prosper. It's, these are things that government officials value for obvious reasons. And so the BEDC can work on those. Um, we, we're an avenue, among other things, for prospects. So prospects will contact us um, and say, you know, we're, we're looking for 4,000 square feet to do this activity. And we have relationships with um, realtors and brokers, and, and we can facilitate this information out to them and, and see what we have in the community. So it helps... It helps, um, and that's whether they're a company outside of Monroe County or whether they're inside. Um, it, it helps the community facilitate the, the growth of our economy and helps us remain competitive. And that, that's essentially it as, as, as clearly that's, as I can do in that short time. That's pretty general. Yeah. That's good. Uh, now, in, in, a, in more, being a little bit more specific, you get some funding from Monroe County, some funding mm-hmm. from the city of Bloomington. Yep. Um, there, there are private organizations that, that are members. Correct. How many members do you have? We have uh, a little over 50 members. And they pay $5,000? They pay $5,250 uh-huh. uh, to be on the board of directors. We have another tier of membership mm-hmm. as well that's a um, little over 1,100. And we also have special members. These are uh, typically not-for-profit organizations that, that – um, we value their their role in the organization, and we realize their funding may not permit them to yeah. to contribute. And as a point of uh, full disclosure, I should also say the the HT is a member, and Mayor Maloney, our publisher, is the president of the board at this time. So, yep. right or chairman of the board, whatever. chairman of the board, chairman of, because you're the president no. of the organization. There was, for, if I can interrupt quickly, it, it seems like there was at one time kind of a fracture in city council about. The role of BEDC, some council members really wanting to support it and others saying, no, we should – has that been – has there been a rapprochement there? Is, is there a detente on council now about BEDC? I can't match those words. <laughs> um, I, I think we have a very good relationship with both the city and the county right now. I really do. And I think some of the, the, the fracture that occurred in the past was – largely misunderstanding. I think it's easy to to misconstrue what we do as an organization. Um, and, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we're working with, with entrepreneurs and business leaders trying to assist them in their growth. And we're working to position this community as well as we can. Sometimes economic growth means that a new, a new plant goes up. Um, and that's the visible thing that a lot of people see, and so they can misconstrue us as as an organization that is concerned with real estate only, and that's that's actually a, I think a small part of what we do. But um, I think I think there are very good relationships now, and I have to credit um, Mayor Cruzan and the City Council for the way they've worked with the BDC prior to my um, beginning with them in January. And there's there's. A funding agreement in place, um, which spells out what what assistance and what services the city would like the BEDC to provide. Um, there are reporting requirements in place, and we actually work together really, really well and have for quite a while. So I I hope those days are 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 past us. Those days uh, where there was a fractious um, type of atmosphere. But um, you know, we as an organization, we need to be cognizant that if we are asking for public funds, that those come with some strings attached, and there are competing uses for those. So, All right. We have a phone caller, so let's go to the phones. And hmm, I forget the name, so go ahead, please. Uh, hello. Um, my name is Jamie. Jamie, and, uh, thank you very much. We are talking about 
uh, life sciences being one of our futures. And um, I'm imagining that that's a lot um, of bringing in people from the outside. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned that we be able to develop the people of Bloomington to be able to participate this in this instead of uh, just thinking we're bringing in new business, you know. Um, I'm wondering how many people are actually more from the outside of Indiana coming in, doing these higher-paid jobs um, for Cook and places like that. Um, and one of the things that I'd like to make as a... Um, I'd like people to think of the connectivity here. We need to be able to get our children, and I mean elementary and going into high school, to truly be able to read, and not just be able to read, you know, pop literature, literature written in modern colloquial language, but um, literature that possibly ranges sort of from biblical language and sort of things that are in strange language, poetry language, because I have found in my life, in reading sciences and things like that, that those experiences, those reading experiences, have made me be able to easily read textbooks regarding life sciences, which are written with references to Latin, and, you know, if you know some German, you know some of the terminology, so you go a lot farther. And uh, my friends, my people, the people that I know that have gotten the higher jobs are the people that have been well-grounded in literature. Um, Jamie, I'm going to... come from Boston and places like yeah, that. Jamie, and I'd just like to make that as a connective... Yeah, let me cut you off here for a second, because I think you've asked two different very good questions. One is about okay. where the uh, employment is coming from, and the second mm-hmm. thing is about education and how to... How we're going to educate the populace to be able to take these jobs? So we'll let Ron respond to those two. Well, first of all, I think they're great questions, and I, I uh, agree with um, the concerns that you have. And when it comes to life sciences, aren't unique in the sense that um, most companies are going to have um, a base of employees from here, and and possibly a base of some employees that they they've recruited from outside the community. And I don't think they target employees outside of the community. I think um, they're looking at, at who, who applies and who has the skill set that they need. Um, we are very, very um, concerned and very active, actually, on in, in the effort to prepare um, workers in Monroe County. Uh, matter of fact, we go beyond Monroe County. We're a regional economy, and economies like this, don't they don't really pay attention to political boundaries unless there's some sort of trade barrier issue, um, which, you know, we don't have with our regional counties. So um, we're, we're regional. So most of our, our workers come from Monroe County and they come from Green and Owen and Lawrence, some from Marion. They come from around southern Indiana. Um, we've, we've ID'd that there are going to be well over a thousand jobs in the life sciences alone in the next several years. So how do we prepare the the children coming through our school system locally, um, the people in Ivy Tech Community College and Indiana University, how do, we, how do we make them aware of the opportunities here and how do we make sure that they've got the skills um, to do the jobs that are here? And that's why we've worked with Monroe County Community School Corp on the New Tech High School Initiative. We've worked with the Foundation for Monroe County Community Schools, which is very active, uh, particularly when, when it comes to issues of literacy. And why you will see soon um, being built the Indiana Life Sciences Center uh, next to Ivy Tech. And that is, that is one component of a large effort based on preparing our workforce. People here now that um, are at the risk of, of losing a manufacturing job or have lost it, are out of school, um, have, a, have a GED, whatever it may be, getting them prepared for the jobs in the life sciences. And the center is one aspect of it. It's a facility that offers training in classrooms, and we work in close, very closely with employers to make sure that the employer, that the training that will take place there meets the needs of the employers. But we also offer a lot of free, um, uh, free 
training classes and free education through the hire program and, and others. So um, please call 335-7346, Jamie, if you want to know more about that. Um, I think it's extremely important. and It's, it's a long-term problem. It, it'll take years to really um, do this right, but we're, but we're making great strides, and I think we're going to be really successful at, at preparing who we have in this community for the jobs that will be available in this community. All right, Jamie. Thanks a lot for the call. Um, I might mention also, I know you and I both went on that, the most recent trip to California with New Tech High School. And mm-hmm. one thing Jim Harvey, the superintendent of schools, said is that you know, he, he was looking at this sort of selfishly from a standpoint of if there's going to be a thousand, if there are going to be a thousand new jobs or 1,500 new jobs in life sciences, he wants MCCSC graduates to be the people that get those jobs. Sure. So – and you mentioned that he's speaking at a meeting soon? He is. Well, our, our monthly board meeting, he'll be our guest speaker and is hosting us. You know, um, if I could, I appreciate his candor in that. And I can say that, you know, I have a selfish motive here too in that um, when you are talking about what Bloomington has to offer an employer or an employee, having a new tech high school here is one more great thing that helps strengthen Bloomington and helps – um, position us to be a competitive and successful community in the future. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very, very happy that he's supporting the New Tech High School. Mm-hmm. To make it even more uh, uh, more selfish, you've got a, a person who's going to be interested in the quality of the school system in your household, don't you? I do. That's <laughs> I have two. Yeah. They're not in it yet, but one day. <laughs> All right. We've got an email here that mm-hmm. says, uh, and it's on the, a similar theme, most locals assume that the selection of Michael McRobbie as the next president of Indiana University will help bring desirable IT companies to Bloomington. Do you presently have any active recruiting efforts with IT firms, and how will you use the help of President McRobbie? Um, well, first of all, I, th- I think it's fantastic for our community that, that Michael McRobbie will be the president. Um, he's, he's effective, uh, active, I think understands a lot of these economic development issues particularly with how a university can can work with a community. We currently have um, an incubator in downtown Bloomington that houses several companies that have, um, for lack of a better term, spun out of Indiana University. The, the uh, pervasive technology, pervasive computing labs are located there. And, um, y- you know, as, as he um, gets his footing in his new role, um, I think we'll – We'll definitely uh, hope to work with him closely. And he's been active, matter of fact, with our Bloomington Life Sciences Partnership. He's on the executive committee for that, and, as well as other uh, Indiana University representatives. And so we'll work with him to, to see in what ways can we assist Indiana University and what ways can we leverage them to assist our efforts at recruitment. Um, typically, when we're looking at IT companies, uh, our experience is that we're dealing with very small firms, anywhere from one um, to five, sometimes up to 15 individuals. And we've had several that have come through Indiana University. We've had some that have moved to Bloomington, Indiana. Um, so all of our eggs are not with any, in the basket with Indiana University. We, I think we have a competitive approach uh, as, as a private community, but it's definitely strengthened, I think, uh, and will be when McRobbie uh, assumes the role as president. Mm-hmm. We've got an email here that touches on a question I wanted to ask, or it's related anyway. The question I wanted to ask, and I apologize for any mischaracterization that may be included in this question, but you've worked with an administration that I would say has an innovative approach to economic development. That is to say they appointed a sustainability person. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of sort of ecological questions and, and those sorts of things, uh, environmental questions that come up uh, in economic policy as it's considered through Bloomington City Council that aren't typical, I think, of a lot of Indiana sure. uh, cities. Uh, and so I was wondering how you're going to have to shift your perspective heading into this new role um, in undertaking a new mandate on issues like I-69, uh, a host of issues that typically the city would have one position on and maybe BEDC will have something different. This person specifically asks, could you please ask Ron Walker if Bloomington and Monroe County have a bright economic future without I-69? I, th- I think we could, sure. I think we're, we have a bright economic future either way. I think it would be strengthened in many ways um, with Interstate 69 in Bloomington. Um, and there are a number of reasons for that. But the question about sustainability, I think, I think it's fantastic the approach that um, 
the city has taken and now that Indiana University will be taking. Um, looking at, at um, the, the human and environmental um, issues that are associated with a sustainable economy and sustainable growth, to me, are, are only economic opportunities. They really are. As we look at alternative fuels, as we look at um, companies that um, are trying to operate in a more sustainable fashion, this, this really just creates new opportunities in our economy. And I think we're, I think we're positioned well. As a matter of fact, I've had a conversation with City Councilman Dave Rollo about this and about the BDC possibly assisting in the recruitment of alternative energy companies. And that's because we think that we can provide the type of community that these types of individuals that start these firms and work in these firms would desire to be in. And we think we have the resources to support their growth. Um, so, so that, you know, I, I think it's, it's fantastic for our community. And, and I think it's a progressive approach. Um, and the fact that it may not be typical in Indiana, I think, is good for us. Um, so so let's, let's exploit that and, and go forward as, as much as we can. Not every company um, needs or benefits from, from an interstate. Um, I, think, I think our base is really going to be in the growth of smaller firms that we hope are successful here. Um, and so the issue of the interstate, you know, it's, it's not as clear cut, but I think overall it would be an economic uh, benefit for our community. But that's a shift from, from the position you were kind of having to take as the city rep before. Is that correct? Sure. Okay. All right. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. We have about 10 minutes left in the program. If you have any uh, questions or comments for Ron Walker, the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation. Um, Ron, you and I talked, uh, well, just from my perspective as a, at the newspaper, and I wrote about a company that's coming to town called Procure. Sure. And I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that company and what it's doing. And then if there are one or two other sort of hidden gems, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot and have you leave a bunch of people out, but sure. hidden companies that people might not be that familiar with that are either in the process of building or have recently opened or expanded, uh, because I think there are a lot of good stories that you could tell. Yeah, there are. Um, Procure is a definitely a great story. Um, uh, we, we're very fortunate, and uh, it's really due to the hard work of many people that we have the Midwest Proton Therapy Institute here. And several individuals that were involved with that um, innovative cancer treatment facility um, have created a company that will build more of these around the United States. And their headquarters is here in Bloomington, Indiana. And right now they're on the square, and they'll maintain the administrative offices on the square. But it's they're building a new building. It's what you see on North Walnut Street and 9th Street. That is their research and development center um, for their national operations. And they will have many, many people employed in there, I think between 50 and 75. And what's so interesting about it is that um, these Midwest proton therapy um, clinics, um, they're medical treatment facilities. And they're building them around the United States. The first one is um, about to be under construction in Oklahoma City. And the individuals working in these, in these centers will come to Bloomington to train for weeks at a time, up to six weeks. And they will train on proton therapy simulators. So essentially what you've got in downtown Bloomington, what you will have when the building is complete, is the appearance what inside the building will be a proton therapy treatment center without the proton beam uh, shooting around the building. But everything else will be the same. And so um, physicists, doctors, um, you name it, the people that are much, much smarter than I am that work in these facilities will, will be in downtown Bloomington for weeks at a time um, training at these centers and enjoying what we have in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a fantastic um, opportunity for this community. And, it's, and it shows what can happen when, when the community works hard to, to create a, a, something like the Midwest Proton Therapy Center. There is another company that has spun off um, related to that that um, uh, works with neutrons. We have another company in town that um, is now in the, in the incubator that um, is a life sciences firm. Matter of fact, our incubator downtown is um, our problem is keeping up with the growth of the companies and the new ones that want to come in. So 
things are going really well. Bad problem to have. That's a, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, we do have a phone call, so let's go to James on the phone. James? Yes, hello. Hi, James. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question uh, pertaining to uh, uh, the uh, minimum wage. Uh, you know, several states have uh, the power to increase minimum wage. And as the economic development uh, coordinator, uh, the gentleman with you, uh-huh. uh, uh, is he... Uh, Pursuing that to increase the minimum wage in Indiana, you know, it could be ten dollars an hour instead of five. What is it, five seventy-five or something like that? Uh, is he pursuing that? I hear all this about high, you know, information technology and high-tech technology, mm-hmm. but basically, uh, to be honest, if you've lived in Bloomington very long, you know that <laughs> uh, you know uh, it's retail and it's a hotel. Uh, motel and that type of thing, and uh, you know, cleaning houses for the the wealthy physicians and all that. So, it's uh, are you pursuing that in any regard? Thank you for taking my call. Sure, James. Thanks. Sure, you know, James. Uh, in my two months on this on this job, I have not actively engaged in that, and I would ask that um, you go to our website at uh, www.comparebloomington.org, and if you could. Um, send me information to make sure I'm aware of, of this issue as much as I can be. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Um, I will tell you that when we target life science firms, when we target information technology firms, you know, we there are many reasons we do it, and one of them is that they typically have higher-paying jobs. Um, and of course, we want you know one of I listed four goals when I started the job in January. They were improving job opportunities serving the long-term vision of the community, um, increasing the tax base, and creating new wealth. And I think one way we do that is by um, making our economy more competitive. Um, Wages tend to go up. We've seen wages go up when a new hotel comes into town. It costs – they have to pay more to keep someone on staff to do a job that they were earning less um, money for um, six months ago. So we clearly want, you know, I want people to make as much money as they can. And the way we're traditionally doing it is by um, working to make our economy more competitive and working to bring in employers that um, pay higher wages. A couple things, James. One is uh, the city does have a living wage ordinance. Ron's certainly Mm -hmm. familiar with that. So, you know, what that does basically is says that who the, the... Companies the city has contracts with and works with will pay a certain amount as uh, must pay a certain amount. And uh, the other person, people to address your question to is the our, our state legislators because yeah. the legislature is considering several bills that would raise the minimum wage from I think it's five fifteen an hour mm-hmm. now to anywhere from seven and a quarter to seven seventy five I think so. And there there are na- there's national legislation about the minimum wage too. That's right. But, so. A, an issue that we're keeping track it's a, of. It's an important issue, so thanks for the question. Yeah. I wanted to ask uh, about something that heralded your transfer to BEDC, and I can't believe that I wasn't paying attention to this but uh, at the time. But before you took over uh, for Linda Williamson, uh, you made a trip with uh, uh, BEDC folks to uh, uh, the Pacific Rim to Japan. And, mm-hmm. um, I'd like you to talk a little bit, if you would, please, about where you see Bloomington's economy tied to those kind of trips. Okay. Yeah, good question. Um, in October, a group of us, there were really about 20, 20 individuals from central and southern Indiana visited Japan. For um, many people in the group, they the visit was really built upon the Honda announcement in Greensburg and the opportunity to go over there and talk with Honda and talk with and about Honda suppliers. And uh, that's clearly something that we had in mind as well. Um, we're we're close to Greensburg, close enough that suppliers could look at our community as a place uh, to locate their business. Um, we also went over because we've been visited by um, a company uh, from Omura City, Japan, in the Nagasaki Prefecture, who has um, an operation here in Monroe County. Uh, the company's called Mirwek. And they've been very active um, at trying to connect our two communities and they've made investments here 
um, as well as their their, their companies growing. And uh, so we wanted to pay them a visit and talk with them about um, their growth, um, their involvement here. Um, the owner of the company lives in Omura, Japan, and he comes to Bloomington monthly. Um, so he's, he's pretty familiar with our community. And we also wanted to talk with the city about what ways can we tie our two communities together a little bit more and in, in, in a way to exchange um, um, in a way to learn from each other, um, whether it be culturally or economically. And so it was a, that type of visit. The types of visits to Japan, and you see a lot of people going to China and South Korea, um, to me they are their information gathering. Um, it means a lot to go over and talk to business leaders that have a, a presence, business leaders in Japan that have a presence in your community. And you slowly build a relationship with them. And um, it lets them know how important it is that, that, that they have invested in your community, and you learn from them. And so you're gathering information that I think long-term leads to um, increased involvement in the community, increased investment, hopefully spinoffs. Um, and so that, that was the first visit I had done of, of that type. But we had seminars with probably 40 or 50 business leaders in two different cities in Japan, business leaders that have a presence in Indiana. So we are just reaching out to them and, and letting them know we're here and supporting them. And I, I think it, I think Bloomington's positioned well. So. Honda has their, ground, their groundbreaking on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you foresee a spillover, so to speak, in this uh, neck of the woods? Uh, I certainly hope so. Um, I, there will clearly be spillovers, um, and we'll, we'll compete for them if, if they fit, um, fit Bloomington-Monroe County. Last question. I think it's a fairly quick one. How many companies are there here? Mirwick is not the only one that has connections to Japan. Tassus? Tassus, which is a uh, Toyota supplier, has a Japanese parent company, Suchia, in Nagoya, Japan. I believe those are the two Japanese companies that we have currently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we are out of time. Thanks, guys. Thank you for being here with us today. Ron Walker, the president of the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation, has been our guest today. For Will Murphy and producer Joyce Biazzotto and Mike Pashkash, our engineer, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and The Herald Times.